Welcome to the Living Intentionally Podcast. My name is Chaim Loeb. In this podcast, you will hear and learn what breeds action. Where living intentionally leads to action. You will acquire knowledge from those who are in the state of action. Yes, I said action a few times. Why? Because this is the only way to get you from where you are to where you want to be. Well, today we have Chaim Mendel um, on the podcast. Living intentionally is the epitome of what Chaim, of what I know about Chaim, a little bit about me um, and how I know Chaim. I met Chaim in Israel uh, my first year. I did some systemic fighting. I'll learn a little bit about that here today. Um, as well, we did some late night workouts at a park called Gan Sagar, which is a lot of fun. Um, and I wanted to uh, learn from Chaim today. I wanted you guys, whoever's listening here, to learn from Chaim today and learn about his mission and what what mission he's on and, and, and what he's got going on. So Chaim, welcome to the show and thank you so much for making thank time. Thank you for having me. Yes, my yeah, pleasure. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So I know that you're working on, like you shared with me, you're working on a, a, a bit about balance between different roles that you have in your life. And I want you know, not just to learn about, hey, you know, your business and things like that, but, you know, you as a person, I think that a lot of people could resonate and, and you got a lot going on, your father, your husband, your instructor, and you give to the community. And I would love to, for you to share a little bit about that aspect of things in your life and how do you, how you go about um, managing that. Right. Uh, so like you mentioned, uh, you know, we live in a, a very, you know, it's a very busy world. Uh, just being a, a husband and a father of six, you know, can keep a guy busy all day. Um, and my work, uh, my like, I work in the in the morning hours, in the afternoon, and then I have evening classes. So my work is really spread over the entire day. Uh, so finding that balance is really a big challenge for me. Um, what I found my, you know, specifically the challenge is to learn how to say no to people. Um, you know, when there's a class that I know I like, for example, Tuesday nights is family night. It's the one night a week that I don't teach uh, any classes and it's not easy. A lot of, you know, occasionally class, you know, people come to me and they want to add another class to my schedule. So it's not easy. And, um, but I'm I'm grateful that those are my challenges of saying no to classes, <laughs> and, and, right? A lot of people don't have work these days, so I'm grateful that I do have work. And finding that balance is definitely a, a challenge uh, when you're with your family, to be with the family, not to let uh, work overlap with that. Yeah. yeah. In terms of saying no, I, I know that's been something that um, I've spoken about and something that I've 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 realized is something that if someone can kind of um, master in a way of like when to say no, when to say yes, that mm-hmm. itself could just like pro- uh, propel somebody in, in, in the positive so much. And I guess right. in, 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 for you, like how did you figure that out and, and, and what's the challenge? Like how's that challenge going for you? <laughs> well, I figured that out the hard way. Um, I needed my wife to <laughs> – <laughs> hit me over the head and tell me, uh, you know, you're, you're never home. Uh, so we needed to put some boundaries on that. 
because um, I, I myself, you know, I feel what about my work, it's not just about making money. I feel uh, like I'm giving to people something that, that that's changed their life. So I feel a, a commitment to, to people to, you know, people call me with all types of problems, whether it's a, tra- a child that went through trauma or a Parkinson's patient and, and they need, they need what I'm giving. So it's not that simple to turn people away. Right. And let's take it back. Um, I would say maybe, maybe it's 20 years or whatever it is. And can you tell me, cause I don't know everything and, and whoever's listening, like, can you share, like, where are you coming from? Like, how'd you get into martial arts? You know? Okay. What's, yeah. Tell us a little about you and, and, and your background. Okay. Nice. So uh, 20 years ago is, uh, I look at that like as my halftime in my life uh, so far, because that's when I came to Israel and I started a really new chapter in my life. Mm-hmm. Parents went through the Holocaust and my parents uh, raised us with a, a very strong awareness of the Holocaust, like a little bit of the never again attitude and philosophy of Jews need to protect themselves. So they sent me to karate, the local karate dojo in the Y in Borough Park. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was something that you, we, we didn't have a choice about it. Like uh, we went to school, you know, we learned how to swim. We were lifeguards and you went to karate and you learned how to protect yourself. Um, at times I didn't like that when I was a child, you know, it wasn't always comfortable. But as I grew older uh, throughout my teenage years, I started to search for I guess you can call it deeper martial arts, martial arts that, that are dealing not just with the physical aspect of the fight, but maybe more the psychological aspect of the fight and even deeper, the emotional um, layers of the fight that I got to, I got into later on. And so I started to search and, and find out about other fighting systems. I'm really grateful to Hashem that God you know, guided me to the right people who, who brought me to these very unique fighting systems who are much, these systems are much more than fighting systems. They're a system that actually have, you know, uh, applicable life lessons to, to our day-to-day life that we'll get to soon. Uh, so when I was about 18 years old, after high school, I came to Israel to, uh, to Yeshiva, like uh, the Yeshiva guys come to Israel today. And that's really when I started teaching. I started, uh, I, initially I started in a, in a summer camp, in a local day camp here, I started teaching. And I just continued teaching right after the summer. You know, I had a core group of kids. And, you know, these days I'm teaching a lot of the children of my early students. That's awesome. Yeah. And then the, then basically you, you, you just grew from there in terms of from 18. Like how, how did kind of things yeah. develop? So in the beginning, I was a full-time in yeshiva. So my availability to teach was only, you know, like a multi-Shabbos, Friday afternoon, uh, evening here and there. So it was very sporadic. And uh, after I, after I got married, um, so obviously my, you know, teaching took up much more of my time, but it was still, I would still go to Yeshiva every morning. Uh, I try to keep at least, you know, a little bit of time every day for learning. And I kept my classes to afternoons and evenings. Um, over time, there's a lot of private classes, um, and then it, it grew 
not only in, in like numbers, but also like the type of work that I did changed a lot. Um, I could say at least 50% of my students are not here to learn how to fight at all. I teach them the same martial art, but they're here, they're each here for other reasons, whether it's to deal with past uh, trauma or uh, physical disabilities, you know, therapists and uh, occupational therapists from, you know, all around send their, their uh, clients and patients to me. Wow. That's pretty cool. Cause I, I know that you mentioned a lot in, and I remember when I worked with you a bit, it was, I mean, for example, after a workout, with um at gone soccer you would sit us down and and right. and talk to us like you know exactly. and, and I, I remember that till this day like sitting in a circle and you talking to us That's about good. life really you know and and that that made a big impact and when you you mentioned already a couple times uh people suffering from trauma and things like that so i guess i want to know um on your end what you do and how it affects or makes a, a difference for somebody who's going through something in life. How does that right. kind of come together? Good question. So uh, the way I look at it, I look at it as uh, uh, like when you're training in martial arts and you're in a fight, so to speak, it's really like a little microcosm of life because all aspects of your personality are, will come to the surface when you're training in a martial arts. Like if you have, a fear of uh, someone coming close to you, like physical contact, it's going to come out in training. As soon as someone comes near you, you're going to you're going to tense up. And if you have a, an ego problem that you know you get you get offended easily and you lash out, it's going to come out in training. When I grab you and, and something doesn't go right, you quickly resort to tension and aggression. So every aspect of your personality, both uh, weaknesses and strengths, come out uh, you know very very strongly in, in the in the in this. Uh, context of martial arts so it's just a great uh, platform for us to come to face and see who we really are and then to work through those those um, those issues that we have whether it's anger or fear and yeah and that's the therapeutic aspect of it i think i have an idea but maybe you know someone who's listening will be pretty confused right now at this point of like what is the martial arts you do what what, what is it on a practical level so maybe you could explain very good okay yeah. Um, so a little bit of background, how I got to this martial art and what and uh, what it's all about. So when I was younger, I just took a you know conventional condition, you know, traditional karate, uh, which is great. Um, that was before like the the age of YouTube, so you really I didn't really know what's out there, you know. Uh, but as I as I got older and I started moving around and the internet became more popular, so. Um, a friend introduced me to a martial art, um, a form of ninjutsu back then uh, in the street. It was called the art. <laughs> Very, um, and the main, the main focus of, of this uh, ninjutsu was the, psycho the psychological fight of the fight. In other words, there's usually a buildup to the fight, how, how things escalate before the actual punches and kicks are starting to get thrown. And we learned, uh, we learned how to, uh, manipulate the fight and how to uh, dictate how the fight is going to to happen uh, using a lot of principles of psychology and body language and how to speak and how to uh, de-escalate how to how to build up the element of surprise and after 10 years of spent in a really training in that martial art that uh, system um, another friend of mine actually a student of mine introduced me to a russian martial art 
that's uh, known as Sistema. And as soon as I saw, you know, the videos of this martial art, I knew that this was different. I had no idea what I was looking at, but I knew that this is a completely different fight system. And as I got into it and researched it, I started to learn that it really was a completely different way of thinking and way of moving than the more, uh, you know, Asian martial arts, like, uh, you know, from Japan and China. Very different part of the world and very different uh, way of thinking. Uh, for example, in Sistema, there, there are no uh, set techniques. There's no such thing as teaching a prearranged technique and then you just do reason for that is pretty obvious that if I teach you a specific technique, then it's applicable for a very specific attack. As soon as the attack changes a little bit, then that technique is no longer appropriate. Um, so you're not really learning to problem solve on your own. You're just taking a, a prearranged solution and trying to, you know, memorize it. And hopefully, uh, you know, you're going to meet that exact attack where that, you know, solution is meant for. So in Sistema, we teach uh, movements, you know, you first get to know your your body. Are you tense? Are you relaxed? How do you tense up certain part of your body to keep the rest of your body relaxed? Um, range of motion, learning how to really know your joints in your body, for example. And after you go through this process of really getting to know your body and learning how to move freely, uh, then comes the stage of actually um, learning how to apply that knowledge and that freedom and that creativity of movement in a self-defense uh, situation. So that, for me, that was a, like a new world and a new way of looking at self-defense. And, and uh, because I, I always like, you know, the emotional aspect of things and how, how it, uh, it affects us on an emotional level. So for me, it was an amazing thing that, um, I, you know, the systems that we, go, that we go through in life, like whether it's school and college, it uh, doesn't really develop our creativity. Right? We, we're, we're taught to do the same thing by the book and, and listen to the rules. And, and it's almost like discouraged to be creative. And, but creativity is a very important of our humanity and of our, our self-development. If you think about it from a Jewish perspective, uh, if you learn Gemara, you know, these, these rabbis were, were creative minds. When they, when they were faced with a, with a, a problem, they, they thought creatively to come up with solutions. So, um, when I when I saw this martial art as a way to teach people how to develop and and uh, you know grow their their creativity, for me that was an amazing thing. Yeah, and you so mentioned that was something. One aspect of that. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I was saying that. I should go on. You no, know, you basically I want to touch on a point there. You mentioned a lot of you know, like people can make the ch- a choice in terms of in this um, aspect of fighting and in life we need to be creative. And what and you talk about what you do and how you teach and the 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 way that fighting is. It's not just about you know learning how to protect yourself or and fitness is not just about looking good. And this is some stuff I know about you and how, and how you think. And it's important um, what you're saying basically is people taking power over themselves and not having something else have power over them. Whether it's a school, whether it's the way of fighting life in general correct yeah yeah uh, it's very it's very uh, nice that you mentioned that that and I, I see that as a principle across the board in life you know we need to take responsibility for our health 
and our happiness and our, you know, we put sometimes a lot of uh, trust in outside systems, whether it's the doctors and, and different systems that we, we rely on them for our, you know, to be, to be healthy. And, and the truth is they don't always know all the answers and they can't always help us. And we need to go through and do the research and, and feel and learn what's good for us. So, yeah, I like that you mentioned that point of taking, uh, you know, becoming empowered and taking responsibility for where you are and where your life is going. Yeah. Another, another, another uh, really deep aspect of the, of the system of martial art, you know, in all warrior cultures, there's a, like this, this question that very few people like to address. And that is, world and and i get I, one I second face uh, face time, you just froze up yeah. for a second so when you're getting to your point of turn uh, going into this new uh thing you're just getting into now yes. it kind of just yep. froze up so we missed that point can you go back for a second okay yeah um in all warrior cultures there's this big question of you know i know how to do all these great moves and kicks and and blocks and takedowns in a gym setting but what's going to happen when i come to the real world I come face to face with a real threat and I, 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 there's real fear, real pain or fear of pain. And what's going to help me, you know, bridge that gap and help my training come out in the real world. And that's a question that, you know, deep down all martial artists and all fighters um, have to struggle with. And, but a lot of, a lot of instructors or fighting systems just don't talk about it. You know, they, they, just, they assume that if I just train enough, then, my training will come out in the moment. The truth is that it's not so simple because unless you have a, a method and a strategy of how are you going to uh, like program your nervous system to actually come, you know, resort to these, uh, to the moves that you, the movements that you're learning, then you're going to freeze. And we know countless of stories, countless stories of, of uh, soldiers or, or people who, got into a situation that were trained, but they froze and they sort of forgot everything that they, that they ever learned. Um, so a big part of Sistema is dealing with the fear. And we do that through uh, breathing. Breathing is probably the main, the main principle in Sistema is to learn how to breathe correctly, learn how to breathe through the pain, you know, through the discomfort and keeping your body We do drills where you go through extreme discomfort. Um, some people would even call that like borderline torture. <laughs> and you learn how to how to deal with it in a healthy way. And it's important in a healthy way. Like I could deal with a smack in the face with anger, but then I'm not dealing with it in a healthy way. It's still affecting my thought process. It's still affecting my, my emotional state. My body is tensing up. I want to learn how to deal with the stress and with the pain. And the fear in a healthy way where I can still be functional and, and you know, continue to operate in a high level. So that was another very uh, deep aspect of the martial art that I, that I was attracted to. Yeah, and, and the fear talks to me a lot and vulnerability within that and being okay with having fear and being, okay, being open to learning how to deal with that. I think that takes a sense and a, a level of vulnerability to say, I'm fearful and I want to work on that. And I'm curious, like how you go about working with people through that, I guess, up and down, um, you know, fear to vulnerability, vulnerability. And because and, and, right. people are not, 
it's not easy. You know, people have a lot of trouble with that. hundred um, percent. It is a very, you have to be like really gentle with people in the beginning. Uh, because if you come out too hard, people will just run away. They're not going to ever come back to your classes if they if they feel it was too intense, and 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 you have to like be very gentle with them. I start with with the most like I, I don't punch people in the beginning. I barely I I gently push them. You know. I remember most those people punches. Even... I remember those punches. <laughs> uh, so so a lot of people have you know we have like layers of fear in our psyche and also in our bodies that because um, our emotions live in our bodies. So we have to, and we need to slowly take away layer by layer of, of fear. Now, when I say fear, I'm talking about the negative types of fear. Of course, there's a, a natural fear of staying away from danger, which is good. But we, because of things we go through in life, uh, we sometimes develop uh, excess fear. And those are the things that hold us back from, taking advantage of opportunities and taking the, the proper uh, correct risks in life. Fear is probably the no, number one thing that holds us back from being who we really can be in, in life. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and something I just learned there is you, it's very, it would, it, it, it's basically skipping steps. If you try to push somebody um, without stripping down those fears, because then it's not something that they're really dealing with. And then therefore are going to pass, have basically get through uh, long-term because those fears weren't really stripped down correctly. And if they're exactly. like, oh, I'll just push through it, then those fears will always be there and affecting them. So if, if somebody's able to deal with those fears correctly, fight through them, get uncomfortable, right? And strip through it and then have those fall off, that makes a lot of sense. And that means getting uncomfortable. That means, you know, right. and we both know um, getting uncomfortable and being okay with discomfort is something that just like saying no could change so much for you. And right. where do you see that on a level of like, tell me a little bit about the discomfort in your life, <laughs> what you're willing to go through for that freedom or that breakthrough and what you try to get, you know, people you work with, the trauma people, the, the people who are just coming to get healthy and, and have a healthy environment. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I really like that you mentioned the point of uh, being comfortable with the uncomfortable because I don't know if you ever came with us on one of those beach workouts that we I do. I never ended up doing the beach workouts. Uh, well, those I are the, incredible. I did the gun soccer curl, but I never did oh, the beach good. workout. Yeah. <laughs> So one of my favorite aspects of the beach workouts that we do is I, I force the guys to do the beach workout fully clothed, like no shorts, no bathing suits. And it just adds another element of, of breaking these barriers that we have of, well, I'm going to go into the water wearing clothing. No, we don't do that. Or I'm going to go roll in the sand, you know, when you're closed, clothed. No, we, we want to break through these barriers and make you uncomfortable and you're crawling and you got sand, you know, coming down your ears and dragging and the stretcher march and the going into the water and all of that is to is to break these barriers and getting us used to being uncomfortable because life is uncomfortable very often life is uncomfortable and it's easy to work out when you got the music and there's you know the gym shorts and everyone's in the mirrors and you're looking at yourself and you, right 
But when things are not comfortable and, and you get frustrated, that's when uh, the real me comes out. And I find that uh, fitness, is, uh, the way you know, the way I teach it, and I'm sure you relate to this, is a great platform of, and uh, to teach people how to, you know, become okay with being uncomfortable. Yeah, no, for sure. It's funny that we're talking about getting closed, uh, being closed in the in the, in the gym, in the in the on the beach. I'm reading uh, "Can't Hurt Me" by David Goggins. Ever ever. Oh, read David that? Goggins, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he talks about exactly. obviously Hell Week and the beach and all that, and I'm like, got me thinking about those beach workouts, and I'm like, I want that in my life. I want to. I think it's a challenge. I think it would be t- really test myself. I might have to come to the East Coast the next time you you're in America doing that. Fly in for that, <laughs> honestly. Um, but yeah, tell me a little bit about. I want to hear more about the people that you're working through trauma with and uncomfortable because that could be really scary. Really, like just. I can imagine like they're already so uncomfortable for, you know, in, 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 in their own skin and their own with people, with getting close to people, whatever it is. And now you're asking them right. to be more uncomfortable. Like, tell right. me about that. Yeah. Um, with trauma, you know, kids who went through trauma or people who went through difficult stuff in their life before, um, it is really challenging. And, um, let me try to think exactly like what I do different by them. I really go through the same process with everybody. Um, I always, let's say for example, um, I'm going to, I'm going to push you. Right. And I want you to, to move from the, the pushes to yield. So I'm always, what I started to do after noticing that people are, are just too afraid. I tell them, Hey, and how about you make a fist, you push me. And I have them, you know, you know, play the, the other role. So they see first on me how, how it's going to play out. And then, mm-hmm. and then we switch. Um, but yeah, I guess it's just you know, what, being... what I would want to hear more, like what I would learn is like, what do you see maybe different or, or not so different where people that went through trauma, you know, have a lot of strength still in them and, and they, they, you know, they could get uncomfortable for, for people who are listening that are scared, that do have fear, that been through trauma. And they're like, you know, I can, I can really push myself still. And I'm not, That's right. I'm not paralyzed. And this doesn't have to paralyze me. And, and yeah, you might have a good excuse, but it's just an excuse still. And you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm right, learning yeah. from you here is that you're dealing with people with trauma here and they're pushing their boundaries and they might have some demons, but it doesn't have to paralyze them. Right. So a big part of that is going very incrementally, you know, starting at a very, very low level. And, and you're pretty much, you're showing the person, you know, just like in the world of fitness, like yesterday you couldn't do 10 pushups and now you can do 20. So you take that lesson and you, you, you build a bridge to the life and you say, you know, you thought you can't do it. Now you can and they see the progress uh, day by day. Mm-hmm. Uh, they see the fear. They see the fear being peeled away, layer by layer. Uh, but it's it's uh, not always so smooth. You know, with trauma, especially with little kids, mm-hmm. a big part of it is is uh, in the very beginning, getting them to trust you. Um, they have to really feel that that you're here to genuinely help them. Uh, and then you know, 
you know, thank God I'm, I'm good at that because I, I am there really to help them. Um, and when they feel that, they, they start to trust me. I mean, I had a, a lot of, it happens all the time with kids who went through trauma, that they, they tell their parents, for example, like, the only person I'm going to tell, you know, what I went through is Chaim. Um, so they, they develop that, that relationship with you, and then they're willing to push through the limits and, and try things that they never tried before. Right. And I guess, you know, um, regarding kids with trauma, how important is it for them to try new things, to push boundaries, for them to grow, for them to, 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 to break being a victim or, or things like that? Like, how important is it for them to, to, to push themselves? It's, uh, it's life or death because um, they, they, they lost the trust in themselves and in other people. So they just, uh, they're locked up. And if you don't, if you don't get them out of that and get them back on track of trying things and, and pushing themselves, they're, they're pretty much dead. They're emotionally dead. Mm. So it's really, um, it's, it's as important as oxygen is for our bodies. Yeah. I know you I had, a, I had a, yeah. one more, I remember a, a, a little boy, I, I started working with him when he was like five or six years old and you know, we do like push-up position on your fist on the hard mm -hmm. floor for a long time. Yep. He comes to me one day and he says, I did 20 minutes being in a push-up position on my fist Whoa. when he was like a six years old, seven years old. You believe that? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So some of these people, and we all have tremendous power and, and uh, you know, um, potential. And I actually was able to help this kid, you know, break through barriers that he never believed would, would be possible for him. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's so cool that a little, like, you never almost think that, like, kids, what do you say, he's seven years old, nine years old, whatever it is, yeah, have that right. kind of, like, mindset to be like, this is what I want to do, you know? Right. Whenever right, you exactly. see kids that are training at a high level at that age, you're like, where do they get that, like, awareness from almost, you know? Right. It's, it's pretty incredible. In terms of... Mm -hmm. Um, I guess the world that we live in, some of us are on a real mission. And, and I, I hear in your, in, with you, you're definitely on a mission to make an impact, like on a big level in people's lives. Um, why? Why? We all have a mission in our lives. Um, you know, especially as, as uh, Jews, we believe that we're all here we each have an individual, you know, unique mission that we're here to to fulfill. Um, now, I may, my mission may change over as I go through life, but right now, uh, I'm fairly convinced that my mission is to help people through uh, the martial arts, uh, each person in in his own struggles. And if I'm not if I'm not uh, fulfilling my mission, if I'm not living for something bigger and outside of myself than I'm not living at all. Yeah. It's like, it's like an inner feeling. I definitely relate to that and, and makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> uh, you know, it makes right. it definitely makes a lot of sense to me. And it's such a blessing. Also, I bet you feel like, you know, your mission, you're living it. You have a lot of, um, you know, uh, motivation to, to, to do it each day. And it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And, it seems like since I've met you, 
that you uh, moved a, a big time into, uh, I would say, kids and just giving to people who um, are are in are in a tough situation emotionally. Um, how do you feel like that has? I would say that 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 really is is part of the mission, helping like those people specifically. Where does that fall into to to your mission? Uh, yeah, I you know especially with the kids that went through trauma or even uh, adults that come to me that went through trauma, I feel that these are the people who who have no one to fight for them and they don't have a voice that can speak up for them. And if I can help them, you know, be that voice or help them, you know, have their own, have their voice and, and learn how to stand up for themselves. Um, for me, that's a tremendous, uh, you know, I get satisfaction from it. You know, my work is not, is never boring. I, I can teach the same class. You know, I've taught like classes, you know, hundreds of times. But it's always with a different person, with a different emotional makeup, with a different background. And every single right. class I give is, is unique. Right. Let's talk a little bit about pushing ourselves. Like, obviously, you're very into that. Like, this is no, like, we're talking a lot about, we talked about, you know, incremental and, and you know, be kind and nice. But I know that pushing to the limit is, 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 is something that you're into. And um, right. I get, we talked, we talked how important being uncomfortable is. We talked about being hard with ourselves, being hard on ourselves to push ourselves. Right. Like, you know, are, like, are we being weak and, and, and not pushing ourselves? Like, where do people stand? Like how important, like, where, where do you think people are and where they need to be in terms of like pushing themselves and where like making excuses. And I want to hear from you, like, give it to me. Like, are people, you know, mm -hmm. what do people got to do? Yeah, I think I think uh, most people uh, have ha they like to pity themselves. They like to have pity of themselves and and uh, almost like have someone tell you, oh, you know, you can stay in bed today. You you know, you work so hard and your your life is tough. People like to like they they like to uh, what's the right word to just you know sit in the mud and cry and tell themselves that you know I'm a poor soul. And uh, we need to we need to get ourselves out of that. One of the one of the, the drills I call it that I, I I always stress to my students, even to kids, is the cold shower drill. I'm sure you're familiar with this. Every <laughs> right? day you, you shower every day you shower every day. So I tell them the last thirty seconds of your shower, you turn the, the water to freezing cold. And it's not just the cold; it's how you deal with the cold. Like the the regular person, when you when you pour cold, uh, you know freezing water on him, he's just gonna tense up and get all aggressive. But no, it's exactly the opposite. The water, you know, you got the freezing water coming down on you. You relax your body. You try to breathe, and that's like a daily lesson and a daily opportunity for me to to just check myself. Am I am I in the warrior mindset? You know, if I can go through that cold shower, it's not torture, but it's just another reminder. I'm being okay with the uncomfortable. Yeah. How do people relate to that? Meaning like, am I in the warrior mindset? Like, I mean, that's like high level, right? How does somebody who's eating his burger, right? And who's, who's, who's having, you know, going to sleep late, waking up, uh, waking up right before he's got to jump out to work and, you know, going through the day, like how does somebody relate to that warrior mindset? 
it's probably foreign to most people, but as soon as they they begin to feel a little bit of the the uh, satisfaction and the re- nobody likes to be to feel weak. Chaim, could you start and, that answer over because you froze yeah. up? No, we all people. It's probably a foreign concept to most people, but. As soon as a, a person starts to feel a little bit of that, you know, conquering himself and, and feeling that the, the reward of being in that warrior mindset, uh, that they're bought. They want that. We all want to feel empowered. We all want to be confident. We all want to be, uh, you know, a, live a life of energy, you know, being able to wake up early in the morning and, and, and you know, do what we need to do. So it's, it's new for people, but I think deep down we all yearn for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it's it could be it could be what I find is it's very hard for people to get to step one in terms of to to, right. to get to that level. They're like, oh, I like this. Right. And I think yeah. from what I find and tell me, you know, basically they they want people want it right, um, but what hap- what what I see happens is. They, their mind is like, that it takes so much to right. get to or to do. And what I find a challenge that I have um, when I'm working with people is for them to see that it's not that many things or not that long or not that much. It's a few things that you're consistent with that's going to get you there. Exactly. And I wonder if like, that makes sense to you. And that, that, that's true to you also. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that goes a little bit back to the, you know, incremental things that I mentioned earlier, but yeah, I mean, most people come to me, uh, you know, a lot of times that first step is what's really hard, but you know, if someone drags you down to a class or, you know, and, and uh, a lot of a lot of guys come to me. The, the wives push them to come. <laughs> I get like you know, train my husband. You're right. And uh, yeah, but once they once they're there, then you know the process is a uh, the process is on, is on its way and it does its work. But people need to learn to take that first step. Um, yeah. A guy once I was talking to a guy. He said, "Oh, you you're training in gun soccer. It's like a 20 minute walk for me." I was like, "Buddy, you know." You can't make a 20 minute walk to, to, to something that's going to change your life. You know, they, they, you got to think about that. Or I had another guy who, who, he was already training by me for a little while. And then one day, we, uh, you're back. Yeah. Okay. So uh, where, where was I? Oh, you were saying another guy after the story about the walk. Exactly. Another guy, he, he missed the class one week. So I asked him afterwards, Hey, where were you? He says, Oh, it was drizzling like drizzling. I told him the terrorist that's going to come at you with a knife. He's not staying home because it's drizzling. So you better learn how to fight and, and get out there when it's drizzling, you know, but this is the world we live in. People are, are just so soft and, um, you know, you in your way and me in my world, what we're trying to help people do is to is to break through that. Yeah. 
and you, you talk about soft and, and, and I was reading recently uh, in another book, uh, um, High Performance Habits by Brendan Bouchard. And he was talking about that, like a lot of what we're taught is try to find the easy way out. If you can make it right. the easy way, then do it that way. Like try to find the easiest way to get to your goal. And that's like not going to teach us anything in what real life is. And it, right. it, it really is a testament to what you're saying. Chaim, I want to know if there's anything else that like, you want to share or like just open the floor for you to say right. add something or something that we didn't hit. Uh, first of all, I see just a thought that comes to mind right now. Um, there is a there, there, there's a, a, a concept that I, I see it throughout life. If something is true, it has to be true across the board. It has to be true in health. It has to be true in spirituality. In order for a concept to be, it's a good way to test if something is true or not. So, for example, in, in my world, um, in the world of martial arts, if I teach you a move and, you know, I tell you it's going to make you a good fighter, but you're going to get, you know, it's bad for your knees, for example, then that's a problem. There has to be, um, things have to go, you know, along with each other. So one of the things I really like about um, Sistema is everything that we teach you is good for your health. You know, it can't be, you know, if I'm teaching you a move that, that's creating bad posture, then that's a problem, right? Everything needs to be good for your health, good for your emotional state, be very aggressive because if, if you're getting used to being aggressive and resorting to anger to, to solve that problem, then you maybe maybe are becoming a good fighter, but you're becoming a bad husband and a bad father by, by learning how to be, you know, getting into the habit of, of resorting to aggression. So um, that's another aspect. What I like about it is that you, you know, it's, it's making you a better person outside of, of the gym and outside of fighting yeah that's 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 awesome um where can people find you where where can people connect with you oh. find you yeah so um you can find me on social media you know on facebook Heim and Dell, and my website uh, direct combatives direct combatives.com and uh, uh, instagram also and direct combatives.com and people can look me up Heim and Dell on the internet and if you ever come to israel then I always tell people, you know, give me a phone call and come down and train and we can have a good time. Get a session in. Yeah. Got to bring them through that, that God soccer curl in the, in the mud. That's right. Exactly. You know, my kids classes, you, you talked before about kids, um, you know, having the ability to be so determined. The kids ask me all year round, okay, when are we doing that crawl? Like they wait for the, they wait for the rainiest week of the year. And they said, okay, let's do the crawl. <laughs> That's so epic that firstly, yeah. like you bring kids to that level, but secondly, kids have that. And I think that we don't realize right. that or just regular life. Yeah. Like we don't actually realize that kids have that. It's, 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 it's opened my eyes right now. And, 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 and I think it's something that so many of us need to be aware of that kids are tough. Kids are, we always say like, oh, right. kids are resilient, but like, okay, so now what, what are we going to do with that? How are we going to, how are we going to train that? How are we going to have them grow? You know, and that that's just, that's huge. I think that's huge because obviously as sure. we both know, 
that kids nowadays need a lot of that. They, right. you know, they're on the computer all day, you know, like they need to get out right. and train and, and, and train their mind. And that's huge. And we're working on that next generation. I think that's, right. that's huge. I'll never For forget sure. on that, on that, um, just something between you and I, that really helped me that I want to kind of thank you for. Um, we were on that um, curl and it was my yeshiva and not everybody showed up. A few guys showed up to that, that workout I remember that. A handful. And I was, you know, finishing up ahead of the pack, only one that finished and you were coming up and you're like, you're made of good stuff. And that's always stuck with me. Anytime, you know, it's just, it helped me get to where I am now, where I have a business, where I'm, you know, impacting people, where I'm helping people, you know, in many ways. And, and it, it gave me a lot. And I, I, I wanted to thank you for that because that really made a big impact on me. Right. And uh, it's true. You are made of good stuff. Oh, wow. Thanks. <laughs> um, that's awesome. But yeah, I definitely wanted yeah. to, uh, to mention that, but there you guys have it. Chaim Dell, legend himself in Israel, making a big, big impact on the world and the people that he touches every day. Um, we don't always have, we don't always have the someone in the way to to bring that out, and that's that's really what we're here for. Yeah, for sure. And then you know, in in my coaching, that's also helped me where I could look at people and say, you know, you're doing amazing, and they might not see it, they might not even. You know, oh, I have no wins, nothing to celebrate, but I'll just be pointing out so many celebrations for them because we right. in ourselves sometimes forget to see that, you know, right. so it's, it's, it's important. But again, Chaim Mandel, thank you so much for making time. Legend himself out in Israel, reach out to him, ask some questions. Um, you know, he's doing some really, really good stuff with, um, we didn't even get to like, elderly people that you're working with and right. I don't know, just like so much, but there's only so much time, but you know, you're doing a lot. Thank you so much for that work. Amazing. So Thank you. Time. And um, I'm hoping people really, you know, can gain from, from this, you know? Yeah. Great. Thank you. So, 